1: Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord our King, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Let us pray. Lord Jesus Christ, we implore you to hear our prayers and to lighten the darkness of our hearts by your gracious visitation. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our reading for this third Sunday of Advent is from John, chapter 1, verses 10 through 13. He was in the world, and the world was made through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood nor of the will of the flesh nor of the will of man, but of God. Between 1854 and 1929, over 200,000 orphans in cities like New York, Boston, and Philadelphia were placed on trains and shipped west, across the United States. And these trains would periodically stop for viewings. Viewings. Children would be lined up like cattle at an auction. Potential parents would ask questions, evaluate health, and often examine children's teeth. If chosen, the children had a home. If not, they got back on the train. The orphan train. Lee Nailing was on the orphan train, and you can read about it in a book called The Orphan Train Rider, One Boy's True Story. Lee was eight years old when, along with his two younger brothers, his dad took him to a train station in New York City. Lee's dad gave him an envelope that had in it his dad's name and address. Lee's dad told him to write as soon as he reached his final destination. When Lee Nailing got off the train in Texas, the envelope was gone. Now, I wish I could tell you that Lee's father found him, that Lee's father sold the farm so he could reunite with his family. I'd love to describe that moment when Lee heard his father say, "'Son, it's me!' I came for you, but I can't. Lee Nailing's father never came looking for him. But, beloved, your Father in heaven comes looking for you. That's the point of John chapter 1, verse 12. Your Father in heaven comes looking for you. Do you feel like you're stuck on the orphan train? Have you been rejected? Maybe even time after time? That might be how you feel but feelings are not facts feelings are not facts these are the facts your father in heaven comes looking for you now biblical authors often sometimes at least place their most important information in the middle you know the meat is in the middle for instance in genesis 11 verses 1 through 9 the tower of babel story the middle is genesis 11:5 the lord comes down in isaiah chapters 2 through 12 the middle is isaiah chapter 7 verse 14 you shall call his name emmanuel smack dab right in the middle of john 1 verses 1 through 18 are these words he gave authority to become god's children let's dig into that promise he who is the he well he is our heavenly father in John 1, 1 through 1-18, our Heavenly Father creates the universe through the Word, Jesus, and then He sends John the Baptist to tell us about Jesus. And then, our Heavenly Father gives us the Word made flesh, Jesus, who is full of grace and truth. Through Him, we receive one blessing after another. He is our loving Father. Gave. I couldn't help but think of this. What 16-year-old doesn't yearn for his or her own car. I remember that my friends and I would drop hints to our parents or even ask outright for one. My dad's stock reply was, you'll get a car when you can pay for a car. Frankly, this seemed to be the stock answer from all of our fathers. But then, one evening, I went to a friend's house just down the street, and there it sat, a 1970-something Maverick. Ran a little rough, but my friend had no payments, no loans, no questions, no hassles. His dad had given him a car. Earthly fathers give. How much more our Heavenly Father? John chapter 3, verse 34. The Father gives the Spirit without limit. John 5 21. The Father raises the dead and gives them life. John 1623, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name and then the granddaddy of them all. John three sixteen. God so loved the world that he gave. What if? But what if God changes his mind? What if God reverses his plan? We all know that he has every reason to do so. We stumble, we fall, we lack, we sin. We rebel, and we mess things up. Will God finally have enough of us? Spouses do. Employers do. Friends do. Coaches kick players off the team. Principals expel students from school. Parents abandon their children at train stations. Just ask Lee Nailey. How do we know God won't do the same? I mean, after all, He is holy and pure and just and righteous, and we, we are anything but. My beloved, put all fear aside because he gave, gave authority. The disease has gone on for too long. It has infected and killed countless people. It brings with it abandoned dreams and empty hearts. The disease I'm talking about goes by two God-forsaken words. I can't. It attacks self-control. I can't resist the bottle. It attacks marriages. Oh, I can't forgive. It attacks nerves. I can't find peace, it attacks faith, I can't believe, I just can't. Or in today's parlance, I can't even. He gave authority, authority. We are not helpless and hopeless. We are not powerless and without prayer. He gave authority. Now one writer defines the Greek word exousia, Uh, authority with these words. Legitimate power from a competent source. Legitimate power from a competent source. Legitimate power enables us to slam the door on, I can't. And so we say, "Can." when we are in line with God's will, we can join the apostle Paul and say, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And the competent source giving us the power is Almighty God. He gave authority to become God's children. Jesus explains how this happens to Nicodemus in John chapter 3. Jesus teaches that we are born again and become God's children through water and the Spirit. We call that holy baptism. We might think of baptism like a car wash. You go in a filthy clunker, and you come out with your sins washed away. A cleaned-up clunker. True, we're no longer defined by our divorce, our deficiencies, our debt, or our dumb choices. But there's more. The clunker, the 1970-something maverick, is exchanged for a brand-new Ferrari. That means the interior is new. So are the tires, and so are the doors and the windows. In fact, everything is new. We are not clunkers anymore. That's why Jesus tells Nicodemus that when people are baptized, they are born again. When you are baptized, you get a new you. You get a new you. But there's even more. In holy baptism, God also adopts you into his family, and adopted children are chosen children. That's not the case with biological children. When the doctor handed me to my father, John Rafato, my father had no plan B, no loophole, no choice, no exit strategy. He couldn't give me back to the doctor and ask for a better-looking, smarter, or more athletic son. You are adopted. Your parents chose you. Surprise pregnancies happen, but surprise adoptions? I've never heard of one. You were adopted, your parents could have picked a different gender, a different color, or a different nationality. But they didn't. They chose you. They wanted you. So, beloved, does your heavenly Father. Remember, He comes looking for you. Romans 8, 15, Paul says, you have received the spirit of adoption as children by whom we cry, Abba, Abba, Father. The Heavenly Father doesn't adopt us because of our talent, our temperament, our taste, or our tattoos. He adopts us because He loves us. And we all know that adoption isn't cheap. People spend tens of thousands of dollars to adopt just one child. What did God pay to adopt us? The cost was astronomical. It cost Him everything. He sold the farm. It cost Him His only Son, Jesus Jesus who died. Jesus who lives. Jesus who loves. Remember Lee Nailing, the eight-year-old orphan whose father never came looking for him? Lee's two other brothers were chosen, but not Lee. Lee was stuck on the orphan train for four months. Four miserable, melliferous, monotonous months. Finally, finally, with his little heart ready to break, Lee was adopted by a tall Texas man and his short, sweet wife. The next day, they introduced Lee to their friends with these words. This is our new son, Lee. And sometimes we ask, do I count for anything? Everything from high school to old age leaves us feeling rejected. We push back. We try to validate our existence. We do more. We buy more. We achieve more. We get more. But we still wonder do i count for anything yes you do yes you do you are not stuck on the orphan train lee nailing's story is a true story and so is yours it's a true story how so john 1 12 he gave authority to become the children of god you're baptized the past is past the future is bright God's word is sure, rest in your adoption, you are his chosen child. Amen. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Let us pray. We ask you, O Lord, to listen to our prayers, and by the grace of your coming, enlighten our darkened minds you who live and reign with God the Father in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen.
0: Thank you for giving us a brief moment of your day.